cannot contain this love praise will be my song how can I contain it I cannot contain this love Praise will be our song, and we cannot contain that praise, for the psalmist David said if we do, he will have the rocks cry out in his name. Let's give the King of Glory a hand. Amen? Hallelujah. It is good to be here this morning. I wish everybody could be here this morning, and we wouldn't have so many empty pews here today, but thank you for joining us by Facebook this morning, and I'd like to say... We will be making uh, copies of the services for those that would like to have a CD continually that unable to be here. Uh, we will, my wife and I, we will be back this evening. Matter of fact, Grace and I will be here every service. Sunday morning, Sunday evening, we'll be here at 6, and we'll be here also Wednesday night. Also Wednesday night, we will be doing Facebook teaching on Wednesday night. So if you can't be here, you can join us, continually to join us by Facebook. Some, many have asked me about tithing, and I said, well, you can mail your tithes to church if you like to, or you can come by during a service and drop your tithes off if you would like to, or you may call on Grace and I at any time. We're always available to go by your house. Just let us know whatever your need may be or whatever uh, is, and we'll be glad to drop by and be with you. But we will be here every, every service, uh, like always. <laughs> I thought about today's message, kind of like Brother Travis said this morning, uh, enough of anything is enough. You know, we hear so much about this. It's escalated, you know, it's just blown out of proportion on them. Said, so, no, it can't be. You don't know how serious this is. Yeah, but at the same time, you don't know how big my God is. He is more than adequate, more than able, for whatever our need may be. Our problem, I believe, today is, this is an eye awakening, not just to the world, not just our nation, but to the church also. I have watched the last three, three and a half years at, at our nation as it has just decayed around us. Uh, no self-respect, no love for others, no concern for others, not in everybody. But as a whole, our nation is self-centered. This virus hit us. You go to the grocery store, people's cleaned off the shelves. You know, you, you can't hardly find things. But in reality, the USDA says we have plenty of everything. People just have to be conservative, take time for it to get here. And in reality of that, when I'm trying, we're in troublesome times. And how are we reacting? It's not the first time our nation's been in trouble. This is not the first disaster, first disease 
that we have we forgotten about all the others? You know, have we forgotten about TB or, you know, tuberculosis? Have we forgotten about that and, and other diseases? So this is not our first time. But how are our reactions? Our reaction at this time is much more different than our forefathers, much more uh, than what they sacrificed for. So with that thought in mind, I'd like for us to go into the book of John this morning and, and, and see what Jesus tells us. Uh, because we're living in a time of fear. But God's love casts out all fear. It's perfect love. We're living in a time of trouble. But God's love shall sustain us through all of this that we're going through. Because he said, we're not exempt from this church. No one is. Not even the church itself. But the situation, as it derives, what are our reactions? How are we reacting in a time when Jesus really needs us? when it's time to put our mark. In John 14, and I'd like to pick up at verse 27, this is what Jesus says. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled, and do not be afraid. Don't let your heart be troubled, Jesus says. And also, don't be afraid. He says in 28, you heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming and he has no hold over me. Hallelujah. But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Now look what Jesus says in his last remark. But he comes so that the world may learn. How will they learn? Jesus said we are the teacher. They will learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Look at his words here now. Come now, let us leave. So church, I believe in, in this panorama uh, that we're in, this fear that we're in, this chaos that we're in, uh, it is, there, it's like a mental disorder. It's like people are perplexed and disturbed on every side. It's even causing a division. So within this, what is causing all of this? One word. That word is fear. Fear of not knowing what's going to happen next. Fear not knowing who's going to get what next. Fear not knowing what we do not have control over. But Jesus says in, in John here, uh, 14, peace I want to give to you, my peace. The world don't have any peace. But he says, my peace I give unto you to cast out the fear, the doubt, the, the being afraid. With my peace, he said, you can have these, and my peace, I will give it to you. The world don't have my peace. I can look at the world today and see that the world does not have the peace of God. Because Jesus says his peace surpasses all understanding of mankind. 
If we would go back this morning to Genesis, the 26th chapter, we could hear a, a beautiful story here about Isaac, Rebekah, and Abimelech. Now, in this story, Isaac is truly blessed. He is truly blessed. Also in this story, Isaac tells a little lie. He tells the king that uh, Rebekah is, is, is not his wife, but she is his sister. And one day the king is in the palace and he's looking down and he sees Rebecca and Isaac as they embrace each other. And then a light comes on in Abimelech's mind. There's more to this than letting it be known. And with that thought in mind, he approaches uh, Isaac and he tells him, he said, look, why have you lied to me? This is not your sister, she is your wife. And he told him he was afraid that if he would have told him the truth, he would have killed him because Rebecca was a beautiful woman. So fear brought Isaac to tell a lie. But there is a separation here now. It's because of this fear and all. And through all of this fear, all the time, Isaac had been blessed. And Abimelech had become aware of the blessings upon Isaac's life, so he sends Isaac away because he was fearful of his own blessings, of his own wealth, and what was about to happen with him also. But I want you to know how Isaac was blessed, in, in that the Lord was with him. And verse 24 of the book of Genesis 26 chapter, listen to these words. For this is God as he spoke unto him. He said, I am, that night the Lord appeared unto him and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and I will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant, Abraham. So God is telling Isaac, I'm going to bless you for the for sake of Abraham. And I believe church God is going to bless us because of the sake of the church earlier, of what he's done through his church earlier. Draw with me to verse 26 now. Because uh, we look here that Abimelech's not out of the picture yet. He sends Isaac away because he's worried about his own wealth. Then he begins concerned about other nations that are around him in the Philistines. And look what he says in verse 26. Meanwhile, Abimelech had come to him from Gehur which Ahazot, his personal advisor. Who's our personal advisor? Who is giving us the advice that we need now to go through this situation that we're in? Who is our commander-in-chief that is going with us in this situation that we are in? Well, Isaac asked him. And look at the words here. Why have you come to me since you were hostile to me and you sent me away. Church, we should be in a position. We've been here a long time, over 2,000 years. Set an example of the power of God and of Jesus Christ. We have been disregarded. We have been abused. And we have been ignored for thousands of years. Some will listen, but yet it seems only when there is a need just like here with Abimelech. 
Now, the world is seeking for an answer. My prayer is they address the church, which in returns we address God. That they will come to us and say, we are in need. Because look what he says in, in, in verse 28. Uh, they answered, we saw clearly that the Lord was with you. So we said, there ought to be a sworn agreement betwixt us, betwixt us and you. Let us make a treaty with you that you will do as us no harm. Just as we did no harm to you, but always treated you well and sent you away peacefully. Look at this now. And now you are blessed by the Lord. So we want to make a treaty agreement with you I, I love for the world to run to God you know and make a treaty with God because God's already got a treaty for them God's already got an agreement with them it's called the Word of God it's called salvation you know the Bible is teaching us here that God is going to continue to bless his church and God is going to continue to bless our nation as long as we continue to bless Israel, his people. So why do we fear? Fear not, for I am with thee. That's what God is telling us today, to fear not. Now, in John 14 and verse 27, I'd like to read this. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give you the peace of the world that gives you. There is no peace in the world. There's never peace in the world. There's always torment in the world. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Trouble not your heart. Don't be afraid because of this peace that I want to give to you. That's very important. That, that 27th verse, it says, let not your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. Church, we ought not to be afraid, but yet I hear many Christians, they are afraid. They're like, kind of like the world's perspective and view on things. They're, they're very concerned. Don't touch that. Don't go there. Don't do this. Uh, you know, I have people that call me all the time, you know, to give me advice. Where are you going? What are you doing? Don't go there. Be aware. Be aware. You know, where's our trust in the Lord? The one that we say will take care of us. You know, you, you cannot control what's going on around you. But you can control what's happening in you. Let me say that one more time. We may not be able to control the things that are in the world. You know, we may not be able to control what's coming our way. But we can control how we react to what's in the world now. Are we fearful? Or are we brave? Two things I want to share with you this morning. Number one is we need to fill our mind with God's Word. You know, I watch the news, and you know, I don't watch it nearly as much as I used to watch it because it's always so negative, always, you know. But I do watch it enough to, to see what's happening and going on. And I love to watch the Weather Channel because our lives are focused around nature, around weather. And yet I, I turned the Weather Channel on. My wife told me this morning, I turned the Weather Channel on this morning and, 
And what came on the new on the Weather Channel was the virus effect upon people. That's not the Weather Channel. That's the news. I wanted to turn the Weather Channel on to watch the weather report. If I wanted to hear about the coronavirus, I, I would have turned to uh, the news channel and, and listened to it. But I wanted to hear the weather. But I couldn't hear the weather because this virus is so massive, so huge, so affecting everyone that it's affecting everything that's on TV. But you know what? It should not be affecting us, church, because we are trusting in the Lord. So we are the ones that should have our minds filled with the Word of God, believing what God Himself is saying to us. Trusting Him. Leaning not on our own understanding, not looking at so many decisions being made by people that are not even godly people. People that are pulling from the air everything they can to put this into perspective and say that they want to help us. God has always said he wanted to help us. He always said that he is for us and loves us. In John 16, go, go with me to uh, verse 32 of John 16 this morning. And as we look at verse 32, I want us to see something here that God's speaking. A time is coming, and in, fa in fact it has come, when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. Jesus is talking here to his followers, and he said, there's going to be a time that you're going to be scattered, and everybody's going to go to your, and I will be deserted. Well, we know that's true. When he was crucified, save one, all scattered, and went their separate ways. But look what he says in, in this next verse, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I'm telling you all of this, he said, church, so you'll have peace. I'm telling you already ahead of time that in this world you're going to have trouble. But I want you to know one thing. I have overcome the world. So great, the scripture says, greater is he that lives in you, in you and I, than he that lives in the world. So what Jesus is telling us, fill your mind with the word of God. Don't listen to the news that is negative, but listen to God that is positive. You know, I mean, I watch the weather, yeah, but you know what? It's not always right. It just gives me an overall view of what may happen. But the Bible gives me an overall view of what will happen and is happening. So our news may be negative and may not always be right. And our weather may not always be right. But Jesus says, peace I have left here with you. The world is only going to give you trouble. But he said, I am going to give you peace. So if I would go by what the news would say, I would be troubled. And I would be filled with fear. But I want to fill my mind with the word of God. And I want to have peace. Through all of this that's going to happen and go through, you know, what people say, well, yeah, but, but people are going to die. Have they read their Bible? 
It is appointed unto man once he will die. But after that, the judgment of God. So are we more afraid of dying or are we more afraid of the judgment of God? I read the Word of God and I fill my mind with the Word of God and it tells me that one day, eventually, I'm going to die. If this virus don't get me, something else will. I'm not worried about it. I'm concerned about the judgment of God. I'm concerned about my relationship with God right now. Am I ready? Are you ready, my friend? Are you concerned with your life hereafter? I'm talking about eternity. Where are you going to spend it? This virus may take out thousands, but we've had other diseases that's taken out thousands. And what I would think about that is how many of them were lost? How many of them knew Jesus when they left this old earth? Because filling our mind with the Word of God, we're not going to live here in this fleshly state forever, but we are going to live forever. So we need to be filling our minds with the Word of God. In a world that is filled with tribulation. But remember what Jesus said, Be of good cheer, church. I have overcome this world. We have to overcome this world. And the only way we can is through Jesus Christ, you know. So what we have to do is rearrange our life. Rearrange our priorities. Rearrange what we've been thinking about and take time for God's Word every day. There are a lot of things that you and I take time for every day. How much of that time that we're taking for ourselves and even for some others? But how much of that time are we taking with God in God's Word? Process the Word of God in your life. Apply it to your life. In every circumstance or condition or situation that you're going through, all that God tells you to do is stand. When you've done everything you can do, stand. When you've taken everything you put in your mind about God, when you prayed to the Lord and sought His will and desire for your life and others, God says, just stand and I'll do the rest. Stand. Stand in your circumstances. Stand in the situation you're in. Our nation needs to stand in the situation it's in right now. Just stand and look up. Don't look down in fear and doubt and dismay, but look up and trust the Lord and say, God, it's all in your hands. We've been backed against the wall, and now we need you. We're in a fiery furnace right now. We need a fourth man in that fiery furnace with us. We need someone that has the answers. Not possibly or maybe so. Or We need someone that's got the right answers. Stand in this time of difficulties. Because he said when you've done everything you can do, church, stand. And my friend, I'm asking you today to stand. I'm asking you to fill your mind with the Word of God and not with the news. Not with the reports that we get across the media today, but with the report that we got over 2,000 years ago in our New Testament area, which is the Word of God. Stand faithful to God because He is standing faithful with you. Put in your mind His Word that is rich and powerful to do what He said He would do. 
And then the second thing is not just fill your mind with the word, pray, because that's how we talk to God. Pray in this day of situation that we are in, you know. Pray and have confidence in God that he's more than adequate. He's more than faithful. He will not leave us or desert us. We will not be abandoned by God. Draw nigh unto him and he will draw nigh unto you. Pray and ask of him and he will give you advice. See, many people's heads are clogged. Their minds are clogged. They're not talking to God. We're not praying to the Lord, and God is telling us to pray. If your mind has been clogged with doubt, with fear, with uncertainty, with all kinds of junk, why not put the truth in your mind? You will know the truth. The truth is what's going to make us free. How do I receive it? By praying to God and asking God's advice. You know, kind of like the disciples. You know, the Bible is a replay so many times. We read it that it's written as an example for us that we might not be finding ourselves bogged down and troubled as many were. So we're kind of like the disciples right now. We're out in our boats in the storm of life, and all of a sudden a, a, a tremendous storm has, has risen, and, and <laughs> we finally decided to pray. Lord, Master, Careth not that we perish? Sure the Lord cares about us. Sure the Lord. But all he was doing was waiting for his disciples to ask, to pray to him. I believe, nation, church, that all God is doing is waiting on us to turn from whatever order we've been in back to him and pray. And just say it, say, Lord, careth not that we perish? Sure I care. I'm ready to stomp, just come in the midst of this storm and give you calmness in the midst of this storm. So church, we need to pray and not slumber. Because our Father, He never slumbers. He never sleeps. He knows that we are in a storm of life right now. All He's wanting us to do is ask. And He will be so glad to come to us. You see, he's just waiting for us to look to him and say, Father, take charge of this situation, of what's happening in our nation, and what's happening in our world, and what's happening in my life right now. God is going to work things out. I want to be a part of God's plan of working this out. All we have to do is just pray in Jesus' name. And these things could be bound in our lives. The psalmist teaches us in Psalms 23 and 4, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. I will trust in the Lord. He's teaching us to trust in Him. He's teaching us to receive our advice from Him. Who are we getting advice from? Who are we really trusting in today? You know, the Bible teaches us that we are to trust in the Lord and lean not on our own understanding. Many times we lean on our understanding and understanding of others, and then we don't understand what's going on. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, also the 27th chapter of Psalms, verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. 
whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes whom will stumble and fall. It is those things that come against me that shall fail. Not me, because you see, the Lord is the light of my salvation. The Lord is my stronghold in life. It's not the reports of negatives that I'm getting. Verse 3 says, Though an army besiege me, my heart, my heart will not fear. The war breaks out against me, even then will I be confident. Even then, when all seems to come against me, America needs to be confident in God. Not confident in when an answer is going to come or an antidote will come, a cure may be about, but we need to be confident in our Lord today. We need to be addressing our minds on Him and our prayers need to be directed to Him because the psalmist is teaching here, of whom shall I be afraid? Of what shall I be afraid? This virus is like being in a great lion's den that's ready to devour us and to destroy us. We need someone in that lion's den with us. We need a fourth man in this fire that our nation is going through today to purify, not to destroy, but to purify us first of all and make us ready for this that has come before us. You know, also the Bible teaches us in the book of, of Proverbs, the third chapter. As we look at Proverbs, the third chapter, I believe that God is trying to get our attention. I believe that God is trying not to provoke us, but I think he's trying to give us a wake-up call. I think he's trying to tell you and I something because when I look at this third chapter of Proverbs, let's go down to verse 5 see what he says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding are we looking for somebody to pull a rabbit out of a hat are we looking for someone well are we see God has the answer and all God is looking for with the right person with the right attitude that's willing to seek him and he will give him or her the right answer because he says trust the Lord don't trust modern science and technology. See, we've been overrun by modern science and technology. We need to trust the Lord. Who gave us all the wisdom and knowledge? But yet in the same breath, Solomon said all of this wisdom and knowledge is vanity. It's made him dizzy. It's made him mad. I think all this technology we have has really driven us away from God. All of our modern science that we have with its, with its learning and knowledge has driven us away from God. He's trying to get us to open up our eyes that we can turn back to him because he has the answer. Lean not on our own understanding. Don't look for someone to pull a rabbit out of a hat. Seek the Lord while he may be found because God has got the answer. He says in verse 6, In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path." Has America veered away from God by seeking other 
idolatry things of the world, worldly gain and possessions and power. God says, submit to me, and I'll make your path straight. In verse 7, he says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Have we gotten so big for our britches that we don't think we need God anymore? Have we letting things like evil come back into our lives again and cause harm toward us? It says in verse 8, this will bring health to your body. What? Fearing evil. Shunning evil. Getting away from evil. It'll bring health. To run from evil will bring health unto your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with your first fruit of all your crops. Look at verse 10. Then your barns will be filled and overflowing and your vats will be brimming over with new wine. When we learn how to fear the Lord, he'll come on the scene. He'll be able to come and give us the things that we need in our life. He'll give us the understanding and he'll give us the trust. Lean not on our own understanding, but trust the Lord. Trust him in everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that we've committed our lives to. God is telling us, trust him. Paul, very wise man, he shares through the word of God some things to us. I find in the book of Romans, the 11th chapter, dropping down to verse 20. In verse 20, look what he says. Granted, but that they were broken off because of unbelief. Talking about Israel. And you stand by faith talking about Gentiles. Do not be arrogant, but tremble. Has America got so arrogant? He said, don't be so arrogant. Don't say we are a superpower. Don't say we can handle anything that comes our way. This is a testing, let's say. God says it's time to tremble before his presence. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Not to fear these diseases and things that have come against us, but God. We are to fear the Lord because he said, don't fear him that can destroy your body, but rather fear him that can destroy both body and your soul. He says in verse 21, for if God did not spare the natural branch, talking about Israel, he will not spare us either. So if God, Israel is God's elect. And if God judged Israel because of the situation that she was in a relationship to him, do you think God is not going to judge America also and other nations? Verse 22. Consider, therefore, the kindness, sternness of God, sternness to those who fail, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, ye will be cut off. Otherwise, he says, you will be cut off. So we need to learn a lesson that if God was not willing to spare the elect, if he was willing to graft us in that were a wild branch, think about that, church. Our earth has many times such as this. This is not our first disaster. This is not our first situation. 
I heard a farmer say out in the Midwest this just past year, he said, one more year of flood or disaster like I had in the past, he said, it, this will be my last. See, there are disasters all around us. A lot of times it affects a few people. Uh, this, this disease, this pestilent thing that's come against us, it's affected everybody. We don't always pay attention when it's affected a few people. But when it affects a nation, a world, it's eye-catching. Our earth has always, it's not our first time through something, through a disaster. It's not our first war against this situation. Do we as a church live as an example to show others how to react in our world today? Or as a church, do we show fear and doubt? Or do we trust the Lord? You see, we, the church, is an example of what God is capable of doing. If we trust Him, depend upon Him, seek Him, then we have no worry. Cast all our cares upon Him who cares. I would go to 2 Timothy 1 and 7 this morning. Listen to what God says to us, church. Fear not God. Why? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Church, as we look at ourselves in the world today, it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. In this that we're going through. When I think about a sound mind, what is a sound mind? A sound mind is a complete mind. A mind that is effective in its thoughts. It's based on the good things, based on the good judgments. A sound mind is solid, it's stable, it's safe, it's trustworthy. As we watch our news world that we're living in today, it's not too solid. It's, it's not too stable. It's not too sound. It's not acting safety. Our world is not acting out of safety. It's acting out of greed. It's acting out of fear. It's showing it's afraid. See, it's dealing with something it knows nothing about. And man doesn't know how to deal with something he knows nothing about. Because he's so always so assured. I got everything in control. I'm in charge. But our world has reached a state now that its technology, its wealth, and its power is no effect to what it's dealing with. So it needs God. And I'm praying through this time that we'll learn that our wealth is of no value. Our technology is of no value. But God is. We say, well, sooner or later through all the technology that God's given us, we'll be able to come up with an answer to all of these problems. You know, I'm reminded back in World War I, that was supposed to be our last war. If it was, then why did we have World War II and carry on? You see, it's only thinking on solid things, on the solid side that will take us out of our negative actions and bring us back into a world of control. 
Our world today is out of control. It's spinning because it's not acknowledging God. Let me say to you, everybody today, I thank God that we have people in leadership today that does acknowledge God. Church, are we acknowledging God? Are we acknowledging God as the only answer to our situation that we're going through? When all else around us are failing today, do we have a sound mind? Do we have the love that God has spoken to us about? Do we have the power that's needed right now to help ourselves and to help others? We don't think negative. We don't have negative actions. We don't have negativeness in control. We are positive. We are positive that God has the answer and that we know God and that God's going to relay the answer to us through all of this we're going through. Remember what Jesus said, I came to give you peace in a world that is filled with trouble, that you will live in trouble, but yet you will have peace in your time of trouble. This is our opportunity, church, as Christians, to show the power, to show the love, and to show the sound mind. Follow the Spirit of God, not in fear, because fear is our enemy. We are to be established upon that solid rock. And what was that? It's Jesus Christ. Yes, we are in the midst of a storm. But look, Jesus is walking on the water. Jesus is waiting to hear us say, Master, cares not that we perish? Sure he cares. He cares for everyone, my friend. That's why he has come to give us peace in a time of trouble. It's time to trust God and not lean on our own understandings, not on our own sufficiency of knowledge, technology, medical field, pharmaceutical field. Thank God for brave men and women that are out there working diligently. But I hope at the same time that these brave men and women are saying, Lord, we need an answer. Humble us, Lord, before yourself. Humble us before the world today, God, and let us see that we are insufficient. But only through you will we become sufficient. This is not our worst time in history. We have looked back and seen even greater days, much graver days. The people are out of touch with God. It's happened over and over and over in history and in society. People just get out of tune with God. A lot of static in their life. Not tuned in where we can hear from the Lord as we should. He's calling. He is calling. But people are so much in fear, in self, in greed... Lack of concern for God is keeping them from hearing what God is trying to say. Church, have we forgot seven times in Revelation? Chapter 2 and 3, I'll quote his word. God said, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. Today, I believe God is crying out through the book of Revelation, through eschatology, through the ending of time and happenings, and saying, church, if you got an ear... Hear what I'm saying. Don't let fear take charge of your life. Don't let greed or selfishness. Don't try to censor out what God is saying. 
to you right now. Church, he's trying to remind us. He's trying to tell us today, look up, don't look down. Instead of fear and doubt and being dismay, trust me with an understanding. All of this is coming about, but I'm still in charge. There is chaotic situations throughout the world, but I'm the God of the universe, of heaven and earth. I'm the one that created. I'm the one, the God that healed thee. I'm looking for my people to humble themselves before me, cry out in my name, and let me help them. If there was a prayer, and I would close by this prayer this morning in Psalms 91. I would go to Psalms 91, and the first three verses I will say, Whosoever dwelleth in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I would say, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom will I trust? Surely he will save you from the foul snare and from the deadly pestilence. I drop maybe down to verse 9, pick it up again. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near unto your tent. For he will commend the angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. I'd pick it up at verse 14 again and listen to what he says. Because he loved me, saith the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him from he acknowledges. Listen, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me. And I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. With, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Church, I, what my wife shared a little story with me this week. I don't know if it's Dr. David Jeremiah or who, but it was so, so perfect. There, uh, there was a plane that was taking a, a flight across land. And then all of a sudden in the midst of their flight there was a voice that came across the PA. The steward had said we are now in a time of turbulence and we are expecting turbulence. But do not fear. Do not be alarmed. Don't be afraid. Keep your seat belts buckled. Remain in your seats, for your pilot is in control. This is not the first turbulence he has flown through. This is not the first situation of any kind that he's ever been in before. Trust your pilot. At the end of that flight, there were so many people that were afraid, so many people that had expressed fear, so many people. They were all in knots and twisted together. But one little girl in the midst of all of this, people saw that through all of this turbulence, because it lasted a lot longer than they had expected, 
when they had landed, they looked over at that little girl and they had to say, through all of this, all of this turbulence, all of the fear and doubt that was there in the midst, you had a smile on your face. You weren't troubled through all of this. We just want to know why you were not troubled. And she looked at him. She said, that's easy. My father was the pilot. Church, our father is piloting us through all of this. Don't be afraid. Trust in the Lord's power in his love. Let him cast out all doubt and fear that's in your life and trust in him alone. He is piloting us through all of this. Fill your mind with the word of God and pray and seek his advice and his ways. I'm asking you today, church. I'm asking you if you're watching today and you're not saved. I'm asking you, there is a father in heaven that loves you and a son that come and died and rose again for you. Is he your salvation? If not, make him the Lord of your life today. Let him be your master and one in charge today. Trust him. He is your pilot. If not, make him your pilot today. Father, we look unto you today. I read in your word where you are to be the author and finisher of our faith. I pray that we're putting our faith into you today. I'm praying that we're trusting for God's answer today. I'm looking, Lord, in your power and your love and your sound mind. That your spirit may transfer to all of us today your power, your love, and your sound mind. I'm saying we are in troublesome times, but Jesus says it's time for us to rise and let's go him. Let's go with the power of the Lord. Let's go with the authority of the Lord. Let's go trust in the Lord. Put in our minds your word, Father. Put in our prayers addressed to your situations. Put into our hearts what you said in Psalms 91. Put into our hearts today, God, as we trust you right now, that if we dwell in your shelter, Lord, in the shadow of the Almighty God, you are our Lord, you are our refuge, you are our strength, and we trust in you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. How about it today, my friend? Are we trusting him? Are we leaning upon God or upon our own understanding? Please put the word of God in your mind. Please pray and talk to the Lord and seek advice from God. Please, in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen? God bless you.